Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. I'm going to begin reading at verse number one. I'm going to go down to verse number 10. Are you there? And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath and of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, is there never a woman among the daughters of the brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not, hone in on this, that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing in my hand. But he told not his father or his mother that he had done what he had done. And he went down and talked with a woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time, he returned to take her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating. And he, and he came to his father and his mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made there a feast. For so used the young men to do. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, move in this place today. Show us, Lord, as we begin to move closer to you. Lord, show us as we begin to step to you. Lord, show us that you're in control at every step of the way. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. <clears throat> now, there's a couple of things come to mind. I was going to preach, uh, and I was going to title the sermon, Nothing in My Hand, or I was going to title the sermon, Sticky Fingers. And so uh, for all the churchy people, it's nothing in my hand. But for all the life changers, crazy people, we'll call it sticky fingers. <clears throat> and the story of Samson is a very unique story. But we usually always start with Samson and Delilah. 
I mean, that's that's where I mean that's where the good preaching's at. That's where we want to uh, really hone into because that story is is blowed up. That's at the end of his life when he loses his life. And uh, we always talk about Delilah. We always paint her up as a as a red lipstick, high shoe, high heel shoe wearing, whatever. And that really isn't the case of it all. But when we begin to talk about Samson and Delilah, we always paint her as some prostitute. But she wasn't really a prostitute. Well, I guess she was. She was hired out. But anyway, when we talk about that, we always talk about that. But we forget at the beginning because Samson was fooled by Delilah. But in this story here, this is the very first part of his story because, because first of all, we have to understand that Samson is predestined. Now, for some of you who, who may, uh, you know, I've had people come and talk to me and, and, and tell me that there is no such thing as predestination and that's just all crazy and that's just way too easy and, and all this and stuff. And, and I just tell them, you know, hush. You know, because the Bible says that we've all been predestined. But if there's one man that was ever predestined, it was Samson. Because the Bible says that Samson's mother, his father was Manoah, and the Bible says, it doesn't give his mother's name, but the Bible said that she was barren. And an angel of the Lord showed up and said, I know that you're barren and you can't have any children. But I'm telling you right now that I'm going that God's opened up your womb and you are going to have a child and this man child is going to avenge the Philistines because the Bible said that the children of Israel did 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 things they shouldn't do in the eyes of the Lord. So the Bible said He gave them over until the Philistines for forty years. Now imagine this: imagine being a slave. For 40 years not only being a slave for 40 years but God making you Whew. let me tell you something to some people who thinks well they can just do whatever they want to and say whatever they want to and get by with I hear people all the time well how do people do this and get by with it honey they ain't I'm telling you right now they're not but sometimes we focus on what everybody else is doing and why God isn't doing anything about it, and we lose focus on us. But Samson was predestined. He was one of God's men that God was going to, he was coming to the end of the time of the 40 years. And so the Bible said that the angel came down and told, her, and, and told Samson's mom, you're going to bear a child, and when you do, it's going to be a man child, but he's going to be completely different from anybody else. And while you're pregnant, I don't want you to drink anything from the vine. I don't want you to eat anything unclean. I don't want you to touch anything of a dead animal or any dead thing. And while you are pregnant, and when he is born, he will go through the same and he will become a Nazarite. And for the rest of his life, he will not be able to drink anything from the vine. He will not be able to, to, to eat anything unclean. He will not be able to go against any dead thing in his life because he will be separated and become a Nazarite. And a Nazarite is not something that a nation you're born into, but it's a vow that you take to become what God wanted us to be. I need somebody to understand me tonight. There are times when you have just got to stand up and just take the vow of God and say, Lord, I am yours. I'm bought with a price. I'm not my own. 
alone anymore, and I'm going to walk after you. I believe, God, you have predestined me. Amen. See, <clears throat> we have to take it serious when we dedicate babies right here. Some of us think that we do it for a show or do it for a certificate. But I'm telling you right now that when you give that child to God, somebody needs to hear me tonight. When you give that child to God, whether it's a boy or whether it's a girl, and you turn it over to God, I'm telling you right now, that's God's property. Come on, somebody. Now you have just come into the understanding of saying, this is God, this is yours. And I need to tell you something right now. They might not do everything that is just right, but I'm telling you when you let God have his way, he knows exactly how how to get them to, to where they are. He knows exactly how to take care of them. He knows exactly how to stop the devil from coming against their life. And Samson was set apart. He didn't ask for it. Wasn't he supposed to be here? But God predestined, stepped into the middle of it, said this is what's going to happen. I believe in some of your lives right now. You think, well, you know what? It just happened. But I'm telling you right now, nothing just happens. Come on, somebody. You got to hear me right now. Nothing just happens. You don't just happen to do something. You don't just happen to make a mistake. You don't just happen to make a good time. Nothing just happens. God, God is in distinct control. Even though some people says, well, you know what? You shouldn't have did that. You made God mad. You need to step back sometimes and just tell him, hush your mouth and be quiet because I still belong to God. I need to tell somebody that when you belong to God, he knows how to keep you. Samson had already been predestined. There was a revival in Israel, and Israel did the things that was not right unto the Lord. And so he placed him under the Philistines' dominion and power. And for 40 years, he put them, 40 means testing. Remember that, I say that a lot in here. 40 means testing. There's a testing that was coming. And God put them underneath underneath the Philistines. But God broke out and said, what? I'm about to have a revival with my people. Come on, somebody. I'm about to have a revival. I'm about to do something that I haven't done in a long time. I'm about to shake some people up. There's some people that tells me, well, I've been to church in a Pentecostal church ever since I was a whippersnapper. Praise God. And I've seen this and I've seen that. And you can't ever do nothing I ain't ever seen. Honey, you better get ready to be amazed because I'm telling you right now, now, we're going to run through this place. I'm telling you, you hear me right now. We're going to make the day of Pentecost look like it was riding a, a little old wagon, and we're in a rocket ship. We're going to pass by them. There are things in this revival that no man has ever seen or no man has ever tasted. I'm telling you, he saved the best for last, and God is about to blow some people's minds. He's about to kick the doors of hell open. He's about to pull the devil out. He's about to grab him by the throat and shake him like he ain't never been shaken in church you better get ready cause God's about to do some crazy things in your life he's doing things right now that we can't even see Samson he was told all his life he's different you've been told you're different I remember growing up in mom and dad's house and praise God thank God for mom and dad thank God for mom and we was totally completely different 
And everybody knew that we was Pentecost. And Pentecost back then was, I mean, they thought we was nuts. They still do. They still drive by and say, yeah, that's a Pentecostal church. Oh, they're crazy over there. And I would always, I knew that there were certain places I couldn't go. I knew there were certain friends I couldn't hang around. I knew that it was always different, always different. And there was a lot of times mom and dad didn't ever tell me why. They just said, well, this is, this is how it's done. So there was one phase we went through where mom and dad said we couldn't go to the movie house because it was the devil's picture show. So all my friends would go to the movie house and watch movies, and we couldn't go because we was going to go to hell and split it wide open. Now, I don't know how. An eight-year-old boy weighing 75 pounds is going to split hell wide open, but I was going to. We couldn't go to the skating rink because, you know, they played the worldly music. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And I was always different. You know, always, always different. Samson was different from everybody else. The Bible said that he had seven locks of hair. That when his hair growed, that he had seven locks. And so he would take, and he had seven big braids in his hair. I believe with everything in me, it is the seven deadly sins upon the world. And I believe that God had carried, carried and moved that upon the Nazarite belief. And, and, and said, look, do not, do not touch this. Do not shave this. Let this grow out. I, 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 I almost told my mom and dad when they kept telling me, you got to get these short haircuts. But what about Samson? I was set in the, in the uh, barber's, barber shop, and the barber in the token, his name was Harry. Come imagine that. His name was Harry. Not only was his name Harry, but he was blind out of one eye. Very good barber. <clears throat> and I was sitting in that chair, and back then, the haircuts was uh, $4. And I would get a haircut, and he'd turn around and give me a quarter and a piece of gum. And I hated every bit of it. I didn't want his gum, and I didn't want his quarter. He just cut my hair. And I always wanted to be like everybody else, but they never really told me why we was different. Can you imagine Samson growing up and just saying, okay, this is what you're going to do. Well, everybody else, everybody else is eating this. Everybody else is doing this. Everybody else is, is going to, why can't, because you're different. Samson gets a little older and he gets to the age where he can choose for himself. You got to understand that they was underneath the rule of the Philistines and Samson chooses a woman from the Philistine. Now his mom and dad is upset because first of all, the people who's got rule over them, how do you have the audacity to go marry one of them? Not only that, but the Philistines were upset. How are we going to let some slave take a hold of, of, of our woman here? And, 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 and so there was mixed emotions that was going on. But when I got down to the part to where it said that Samson's mom and dad did not even know that it was God's will. Let me just talk here just for a minute. Some of you have been in some huge bad places in your life. And other people have told you, well, that wasn't God's will. And you're thinking, well, 
yeah, probably not. But at the same time, you got to, sometimes you got to step back and say, prove it. <laughs> they said that Jonah was completely out of God's will and he got on a boat and went to Tarsus, but God prepared. He prepared a fish. <laughs> Why? Well, you, you think God fell asleep and didn't know what was going on? Even Jesus goes a step further and said that Jonah going into the belly of the well, it represents my death, burial, and grave. As Jonah has went into the belly of the well, so shall the Son of Man go into the belly of the earth for three days. You can't tell me that if Jesus starts testifying what everybody else said is wrong, that it's not in God's will. I need somebody to understand me that the Bible said that the steps of a good man are ordered by God. Listen to me. He didn't say the steps of a good man making good steps. Sometimes a good man will make bad steps. I don't want to lose my amens just yet. But isn't it funny how a bad man can do a good thing and the whole town stands up and says, I knew, I knew God was going to do it in his life. And then a good man make a bad steps and the whole church says, well, he wasn't really saved. Come on now. Don't shut down on me yet. Hang on. It gets better. And the steps of a good man, and there were times when the Bible says that he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And there were times in your life where you have made bad steps and you're down in your head and everybody says you're completely out of God's will. But the Bible says that all things work together for the good. Come on, somebody. That when God begins to move in your life, he has predestined you so much that he's a big enough God. He can take care of your bad steps and still use it for his glory and his kingdom. The Bible said that Samson's mom and dad didn't even know that it was God's will. Isn't that amazing? They didn't even know that it was God's will. God had orchestrated. He had prepped this young man in the womb. In the womb, God watched over. He prepared him. He come out, God watched over. And here's Samson. And all he's ever told is, I'm different. I'm different. Well, who are you? Well, I, I, I'm Samson. I'm a Nazarite. He was just a little old skinny, pet squeak boy. Kind of looked like him. Praise him. <laughs> And nobody else understood. Samson didn't know what was going on until one day he decided to take a wife of the Philistines. And God wanted, and there are times in your life, you hear me right now, that God will provoke you to move you. Come on, somebody. God will provoke you so he can move you. And on his way down to Timnath, with nothing in his hand now, now, I don't know if you know the story or the backstory of this, but this road leading to Timnath, they knew that robbers was there, and they knew that wild animals was there, and they knew that you didn't ever take this road unless you had a club, you had a knife, or you had a sword. But Samson, still trying to figure out, who am I? He takes off to Timnath, and the Bible makes it clear on several occasions and says with nothing in his hand. Then all of a sudden, the Bible says that a young lion steps up in the middle of the road. Can you imagine Samson thinking, man, where's my 45? 
Oh, where's my cell phone? I got to take a video of this. Wow. The Bible doesn't elaborate much. The Bible just says that the young lion came out against Samson and he had nothing in his hand to defend himself with. And the Bible just skips over and says, and he killed the lion and tore him up like a kid and walked off and left him laying. Now imagine this. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Samson didn't know who he was. But when the young lion provoked him, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Can you imagine walking to him now thinking, my God, who am I? I just tore a lion up with my bare hands. Am I Superman? Who am I? What's in me? See, sometimes we never know the level of God that is in us until we've been in a good fight. And I need to tell you sometimes, sometimes you need a good fight to provoke you, to know the level of God inside of you, to stand up and point your fingers and say, you lying devil, I am of God, and what is in me is bigger than you. He never even knew what was in him, other he was just told, this is who you are. Amen. <laughs> he, was <laughs> he was just told who he was. See, when the lion showed up, Samson had no choice. His first instinct was probably, I got to run. But the spirit of the Lord came upon him. I remember when God first called me to preach and I began to preach. I remember very distinctly that it was Friendship Chapel, Assembly of God in Oklahoma City, on, on May Avenue in Oklahoma City, Friendship Chapel, Assembly of God. A lady had called me to come and preach. And I'd been begging God and praying, Lord, open up the doors. God called me to preach, and nobody wanted to have me to preach. I, I didn't quit my job. I, and, and January the 1st had already rolled around, I, and here we're going into 2020. I, all of a sudden, I, my phone rings, and this young lady says, hey, we're going to have a youth revival for three days. I, and I thought about you. I, and I thought, well, you heard from God. Praise God. And, and she, said, I, she said, I want you to come and preach. I, I told my wife, pack your suitcase, honey. We're going to Oklahoma City. Listen to me. I wouldn't going to Durant or Cato. I, I wasn't going to Colgate. No, honey, I'm going to Oklahoma City. I, I mean, home of a million people, praise God. And I, I done made it to the big house, and we gonna go preach. We got there, and the house was full, and I began to preach. In the first prayer line, a woman stood up. She got in my prayer line, and when she did, I went to lay my hands on her, and she goes, Ugh. I'm wanting to run. Mama wasn't there. Daddy wasn't there. And Anna's on the piano. And I think she got so loud, Anna went. I just moved down to the other side and I thought, dear God, dear God. 
You, I ain't called for this. Uh-uh, no, I ain't messing with no devil. I just want to preach. I ain't coming up in here to cast out no devils. I've seen them cast out, but they ain't no part of me. Huh? I ain't mad. That's Freaky Friday stuff, y'all. I'm getting up out of here. I don't need none of that. Don't mess with me and Jason. I don't deal with Jason very well. Praise God. I just, I, I, I'm not called to do this. The whole time I'm raised up and preaching, and, and all of a sudden, I remember I'm by myself in Oklahoma City, and this devil rears up. I walked away from her. I'm telling you, I did. I, I walked to the other side. When I got done, she's still standing there. And she walks up, and I'm walking this way, and she just following me like this. I'm thinking, dear God. And I stopped, and I said, ma'am, can I help you? She goes, I got something to say. She took her jacket off and had this little old skimpy, and I thought, oh. <laughs> honey, you, you don't do that in the church I came from. I mean, I, that's too much skin. And she wants to grab my mic, and I pull my mic, and she literally, I'm telling you, you can ask Anna, it's the truth. She grabbed me by the arm and slung me across the front of that church. And I go flying across that church, and I'm looking at her like, oh, you hussy. Oh, did I say that out loud? You ain't coming up in here and doing that to me, praise God. I'm a man of God, and I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to get, y'all don't, y'all don't lose your anointing over hussy, praise God. I, 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to get focused, and trying to, and and, and I don't understand. And, and finally, I'm scared to death. I don't know what to do. Praise God. And so I looked over, over her. She stepped up. I just laid my hands on her. Praise God. And bam, she went out. And I thought, yeah, I'm bad now, y'all. And then she got back up. She said, hang on. I, I, huh? By that time, all the church ladies come over. Come over and start praying for her. Let, let me tell you something. When you got some church mamas uh, speaking in tongues and uh, everything, and she goes staggering like this, and bam, just face plants goes out. And I thought, mm. <laughs> Sling me across the floor. I'm from Atoka, Oklahoma. Home of Lane Frost. We're bull riders. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud, sorry. <laughs> she gets back up. And I'm thinking, okay, hang on just a minute. That devil playing possum, y'all. He's acting like he's down and he's getting back up, down and getting back up. Finally, I just looked over at the pastor. The pastor was literally six foot eight, big old man. He was sitting on a stage and he walked down off that stage. And when he did, I thought, come on, Andre. Come on, Andre. Come down here and get them all. He comes down and he walks over and he looks at that woman. He says, ma'am. She goes, yeah. He said, I think you're possessed. And when he said possessed, a little ball of spit come out and boop, hit it right on the end of the nose. And I just looked at her like, she's going to do it again, y'all. <laughs> he laid his hands on that woman. She went down. He went to get back up on that stage, and she got back up, and he turned and looked at her, and he said, get out of my church. <laughs> now, I've never seen any of that before. <laughs> the 
don't get me wrong, I've seen men and women possessed of the devil in the church where I was growing up. One man said, praise God, I was about 13 years old. He was in Vietnam, had both of his legs gone. He was sitting in a wheelchair. My dad was preaching. He kept interrupting. My dad says, hang on just a minute. There'll be a prayer line in just a minute. He gets down out of his wheelchair and, and no legs. And he slithers like a snake, like no backbone in him, all the way up to the altar. I'm sitting on the other side of the church, and I made another door. I was just 13. I could do that. Y'all deal with that. Uh-uh. I've seen it. I knew that it was real. But here I am. God had called me. And I feel like I'm on my road to Tim Nath. I've got nothing in my hand. Let me tell you something right now. That lion made a mistake because he was looking on the outside. Come on, somebody. But he didn't know what was really on the inside. And I need to tell some people in here tonight. Quit, 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 quit trying to get somebody to understand your outside. But it's the inside that God deals with a man first. From the inside out. And God will use what's inside of you. He'll provoke you. Now this is what we have to understand in this story. That the death of the lion was the birth of his ministry. Come on, listen. There's, I know we, we, we fight giants all the time, but there are lions. The Bible says that the devil roams around as it was a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And there were some of us in our life that lions have showed up. And can I tell some of you that's in here that the more anointing in you, more lions are going to come out. So don't be scared about what you think that you don't have, but what God has called you to do and equipped you to do. You have to act on it at that very moment. Because the thing that challenged him was actually the thing that provoked what was already in him. He just didn't know. See, God uses this story. We talk about Delilah. He's going down to marry a Philistine woman. He goes down, and the Bible says uh, that they uh, have a feast. And while they're at the feast, you can read all of uh, this chapter 14 here. And while they're having a feast, the Bible says uh, that the Philistines come up and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you 30 blessings. And so, and so Samson knew that he was going to get the 30 blessings. And so Samson just threw it out there and said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you a little riddle. And if you can, if you can tell me the answer to this riddle in seven days. Listen, listen, there was a seven-day party. You got to hear me something right now. I mean, back in these days when these guys partied, they partied. And a seven-day party that was going on, and there was a feast because he's about to get married. He's getting ready to get married. And, 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 and so he gives them a riddle, and they can't figure it out, and they want to keep their 30 gifts. So they come to the Philistine woman, almost like a, a deja vu with, with uh, Delilah. I mean, you would think the man would learn. Some of us sometimes go through the same thing over and over and over. Not only do we go through it over, but our grandpa did it. Our daddy did it. We did it. Our children are doing it. And there are times, sometimes we do the same thing over and over and over. And there is a time for it to stop. So he gives them a riddle and they can't figure it out. So they come to 
the Philistine woman. They tell her, we want to know this riddle because we want him to give us 30 gifts. We're not going to give him anything. He is, he ain't nothing but, 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 but a dog. He's one of the slaves. And so she comes to him and she says, oh, Samson, we're going to get married and you haven't told me this riddle. Why are you keeping things from me? And he said, hey, don't worry about it. I ain't told my mom or dad either. So she goes and goes and goes and on the seventh day, they're about to go in and she's mourning and she's crying and she's crying on the shoulder and he says, all right, hang on, I'll tell you. So she tells it to the Philistines. Because the Bible said that on his way back from Timnath, the Bible says that he looked over at the carcass of the lion and there was honey in the carcass. And he rests down to eat the honey, and he even gave to his mom and his dad. The Philistines said, what is sweet as honey and strong as a lion? He got mad. He'd been betrayed. The only one that knew it was the one that he was going to get married to. And he got mad. Let me tell you something. I need to tell somebody. I need to help y'all in here just for a minute. There's sometimes that you've been so mad you could chew a 16-penny nail in two. And I want you to know right now that sometimes God, he takes that anger that is in you and he begins to build up. He wants to know that there is a thing that you're going to fight for. Samson never fought so hard in his life but he'd never been lied to as bad some of you have been hurt so bad that's why you fight so hard and the other people don't even understand it I mean Anna we just blame it on our Oklahoma roots we just Indian that's what we're supposed to do is burn wagons down and circle them praise God <laughs> we have to understand that there are times in our life that our greatest fight has always come out of our greatest hurt. And God uses the greatest hurt and provokes us and pushes us. We're not to be so passive. I, I have an understanding and I believe everything within me. I, you, you can say I'm wrong if you want to. It's your opinion. But I believe that COVID-19 was nothing but a lion that was roaring at the church. And we've never been hurt so bad, but we never fought so good. You better watch out because this revival is taking over the world and we're going to diminish COVID-19 and every lie and every person that they stole from our lives. I believe that God has sent a lion to us in Timnath with nothing in our hands. God says, how am I going to get them to fight so good? He allows the enemy to hurt us so bad. We've been predestined. God knows our calling. Some people don't understand. Well, why so-and-so? If the steps of a good man are ordered by God, they done messed up. That's when we need to shut our mouth. We have no idea what God is doing. All we can see is what the church has told us. 
Well, if they don't look like you and talk like you and praise God like you and talk in tongues like you and fall out like you and, and then roll in the floor like you, the holy rollers. <laughs> praise God. Come on, somebody. Y'all didn't even know what I'm talking about. Y'all ain't never seen nobody roll. You ought to grow up in the old church. They rolled all the time. Praise God. I believe they get they just got holy and rolled. And they called it holy roller. Praise God. Them holy rollers. I'm telling you right now, they'd roll from one side of the church to the other. It's like you're jumping logs. Praise God. And, and I mean, things begin to move. And, 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 and now the church has got so sophisticated. Praise God. That we just want to come to church and just hallelujah and be cute about it. And God said, hang on just a minute. I'm going to hurt some of them so bad that they're going to fight so good that they're going to have some sticky fingers. Come on, somebody. They're going to reach down because out of every lion you kill, God's going to give you honey for it, honey. And I'm telling you right now that you better get ready because when you destroy the lion, God's giving you something sweet. Sometimes we have an experience. Can you imagine sticky fingers? Ooh, some of you going to get so sticky-fingered. I mean, you're going to walk out, and I mean, you're just going to touch somebody and just carry them with you and not even know it. And just reach. I mean, blessings going to come. God's going to do You're just going to throw your hands up. Praise God. And just blessings. These NFL players now today, praise God, these receivers, they got these receiver gloves on, and they got this little sticky stuff that helps them catch the ball. And so when they throw the ball hard, some of them, you've seen the pictures of them, catch it with one hand. Oh, it looks good. And pray. I'm not saying that it ain't, but when when you grow up, when I grow up, you got your fingers broke, honey, if you stuck your hand out to try to catch something. But now they realize that if we have something a little stickier, we can catch it. I'm needing to tell you this right now that the only way you're going to get the sticky fingers is if you kill the lion. And when the lion shows up, it's because something is in you that needs to come out of you. God needs to reveal his blessing that he called over your life. So don't get mad because a lion showed up just just be glad that the Holy Spirit is in you. That this world has never seen what we're going through. There is a power and a breakthrough that is moving across America right now. It is sweeping across America and people are feeling the power of God. I'm telling you now, people are coming to church and they're sick and tired of just being, uh, just being patted on and just being petted and told them that they're sick and tired of it. They want to come to church and they want the preacher to stomp their toes. They are sick and tired of living in defeat. They want the real preaching. I'm telling you right now, it's coming up. It's growing. There's a revival that is sweeping across America and it's going to deal with those who fall a lion. Amen, amen, amen. Sister Anna, come piano, please. Can you imagine that lion walks out on that little trail? He thought, hmm, I'm going to eat him for lunch. Samson's thinking, ah, oh, didn't bring my club. 
Didn't bring my knife. Didn't bring anything. And all of a sudden, the thing that he'd been predestined for, the anointing of God, showed up. <clears throat> See, we talk about the death of Samson, him shaking himself. But what about when he didn't know who he was? I don't know who I come in here to preach to tonight. But I believe that there are several in here tonight that you know that God has orchestrated and ordained, but you really don't know who you are. You really don't understand. And you think, you think, well, praise God, if God wants me to do it, then I guess I'm never going to have any problems the rest of my life. Honey, did you know that the will of God sent Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights? I could even go a step further and tell you that the will of God sent Jesus to the cross. Not only did the will of God send Daniel into the lion's den, but it sent Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. And so when God's will is upon your life, it doesn't mean you have roses everywhere you go. It means you better get ready to fight some lions. But when God has predestined you and God has called you, then the things that's in you, it'll come out when adversity comes against you. Some of us have been so cute about it, we don't even know what's going on. And the only way to get what's out of you is to provoke you. The only way to make you fight good is to hurt you good. And sometimes we come to church and all we can think about is our hurt. See, I'm thinking that if God was in it, then why didn't the marriage last? The Bible says at the end of this story that they gave his wife to his friend. He thought he really had a friend. See, we don't understand sometimes when we think the relationships didn't last. Well, it wasn't a God. I think I, I, I think I need to challenge you this morning and tell you that there were some times when God never intended for it to last. You saying divorce? No, I, I, I'm saying that sometimes wrong steps doesn't mean that you're wrong out of God's will. Sometimes God uses the hurt. And sometimes, sometimes he uses the hurt in your life. But what happens is the church, is, is the church, we don't understand it at times because we're all holier than now. And we want to sit over in one corner and act like we ain't got no issues or we ain't got no problems or act like we ain't never been mad at somebody or act like we ain't never been hurt. Come on, somebody. Act like we ain't never mad, made no wrong decisions. The thing about it is, is we give the world a pass. But when the church gets in and gets saved and when they mess up. We want to beat them over the head and tell them that you ain't called to do this. But God says hang on just a minute. I predestined them. God didn't really need the relationship to last. All he needed was to provoke him. And there were some places in your life that God never needed it to last. He needed to provoke you. 
there were some friends that you make and now all of a sudden they're not your friends anymore and you're thinking well we was BFFs I don't understand I told him everything in one day everything's gone we don't understand and God never intended but what he did want to do was to provoke you so that you would understand the calling that's really in your life. Because we come to church and we hear it all the time. Well, the preacher says I'm called to sing. Well, the preacher says I'm called to teach. Well, this preacher says I'm called. Oh, that's all fine and great. But just because we get called, we're just all satisfied with the title. These people today, they just they just title seekers. But one that really matters is when everything that you've been told in one day's time challenges you, and all of a sudden something comes out of you that you didn't know that was there. Do you ever remember the first time that you ever had to just get down on your knees and call out to God? And you didn't care who was around you or what was going on? I remember one incident, man, I just come back from revival. And some men was coming from Texas and they'd went to get his children and taken them back to Arkansas, Hispanic family. There was about eight of them. And a semi pulls out in front of them. They're in a F-150 extended cab, but there's about seven or eight of them in the truck. The truck pulls out. They didn't see it run underneath the truck. It takes the cab completely off the truck. We pulled up. There's nobody out there. I run over to there. I looked in that truck. When I got out, I smelled death. I've been deer hunting long enough. You understand that when you smell the uh, smell of blood, there's a distinct smell to blood like no other. And when I stepped out, I don't care if it's a deer blood or human's blood. Blood is blood. It's got a distinct smell. And when I stepped out, I could smell it. And I walked up to that pickup. And when I did, I mean, I, I, I wasn't prepared for what I saw. But I looked in there and I thought, my God, I began to cry out. I was about to leave. And I looked up and there was one young man his face was so mangled you couldn't see nothing all you could see was a little bit of his lips and he was speaking Spanish and I couldn't understand it but there's a universal language to Jesus and there on the side of that highway I looked in that vehicle and I said I said I need to tell you that Jesus Christ is Lord and I need to tell you that he loves you and I need to tell you that he takes away all your sins and removes them from you and if you believe just say Jesus and he was there and mumbling mumbling blood coming up and all of a sudden I heard Jesus and I knew at that moment that God had moved into that place sometimes you don't know how well you can pray We've all been through some issues and through some stuff in our life. But don't you sit here and blame it on everybody else. Maybe you ought to look at it like this. God, you sent that line to me, didn't you? 
I must have had something in me. <clears throat> See, because it's hard to wake up one morning with 40 employees and everything going right and all of a sudden you have to fight a line in the middle of nowhere and don't even understand why. And sometimes, and sometimes you don't even know how to fight good until you really hurt good. And there's times that God has opened up because sometimes he has to, he has to provoke you to go to a men's encounter. Sometimes he has to provoke us to move to him. Sometimes a failed marriage provokes us to get closer or pushes us to him. I'm not saying I want you to have a failed marriage, but what I'm saying is sometimes there are lines on your pathway and don't let the church sit and tell you, well, that must not have been God's will. You're out of God's will. Next time you hear that, just tell them, line, I'm about to tear you apart. I guarantee you, praise God, I guarantee the eyes will get big and they think, oh, they're really Pentecostal and they're going to back it up. But I need to tell somebody that, 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 that if all all things work together for the good then we need to quit haggling over the bad and realize that when the bad happened is when the good came out because the oil never comes out of the olive unless the olive is squished and crushed and everything inside of it and the anointing inside of you will never just ooze out or leak out unless you've been smashed and crushed and the Bible said that Jesus was bruised and crushed on the tree and because of that, then the whole world had an opportunity. Stand to your feet all over this place. Just close your eyes, bow your head, hang with me just for a minute. I'm talking to somebody, whether it's in your home or at work or here, or maybe two days from now, or two years from now. Listen. There are some times when you absolutely have nothing in your hand. Don't you count God out. Because the nothing in your hand will cause you to have the sticky fingers that you need to grab hold of the rest of the blessings in your life. I believe that there's some people in here right now, I believe that you're going to get so sticky. I believe that when uh, blessings come your way, uh, they're just going to come your way. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're going to be attracted to you. Uh, no longer, they're just going to pass through your hands. Uh, I believe that there's some people in here tonight uh, that your hands are going to be so sticky uh, that you're just going to reach out and rub those blessings uh, and carry those blessings. Uh, I believe God's getting ready to stick some blessings uh, on some in here tonight. Uh, I believe that there is a calling on uh, some of your lives that is so deep that is so in depth that is so precise that it is the divine will of God for you to move out in your ministry but because because the lion is roaring doesn't mean God hasn't called you it means that what is in you is about to attack the lion Pastor Andrew.